We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Knicks Film School pregame show. My name is Andrew Claudio, a.k.a. GMAC, and it's time to preview the Knicks' upcoming matchup against the Los Angeles Clippers, the first of two games in two days against the two L.A. teams in Crypto.com Arena. That's right. We don't call it the Staples Center anymore. Pretty busy couple days for both New York and L.A. between our watch party on Saturday, which is totally equal to the other thing that I'm going to say is pretty big. Uh, the Oscars are being held in Los Angeles. Angeles this weekend. So Sunday night during Hollywood's biggest night across town at the crypto.com arena, the New York Knicks, we blame the Los Angeles Lakers. Brilliant job scheduling that uh, NBA schedule makers. Well, that's probably more indicative of how very little people care about the Oscars. Well, speaking of the Academy Awards, the Knicks are going to need somebody to step up as an actor in a supporting role because Jalen Brunson, their lead guy is out for, uh, I'm going to completely recklessly speculate but uh assume that this is for some time i would be shocked if we see him again on this road trip uh i recorded this conversation that you're about to hear with charles mockler of the clips and dip podcast about two hours before it was officially announced by the knicks beat obviously knicks pr that jalen brunson is out for this game against the clippers i would be shocked personally if he's available again on this road trip with these three days off that are coming after the road trip. I think you just kind of shut him down, let him get better, see how he is for this game against the Nuggets next Saturday. And if he's good to go, maybe for a noon game, you, you get him going. Uh, if not, then you, you give him the full week off and then you get him back for Minnesota next Monday night. But they're going to need Emmanuel quickly, RJ Barrett, you name it, they're going to need people to step up and hopefully they do. This team, you know, one thing about them that they've been resilient about all year, the next man up mentality has has really uh, shown true this season. Like when RJ went down, that's when you saw uh, quickly really take that next step and show that he's a six starter. You know, when Mitch went down, Hartenstein, Sims, they, they filled in valiantly when um, that one game that RJ just got sick for, Evan Fournier stepped right up. Um, the when Obi went down, that's honestly when you saw Julius play his best basketball. That may have other reasons involved in there mentally, but I'm not in his head, so I can't fully say this. But um, I trust that we will at least get a valiant effort from this team, even if they are going to be missing the most important player on this team. So, with that being said. Uh, a team that has dealt with a ton of injuries all year will probably be missing Norm Powell for this game against the Knicks. Um, the Los Angeles Clippers. I am so fascinated by this franchise that has underachieved all year, has dealt with injuries all year. They just went and got Russell Westbrook when they were playing their best basketball and immediately went two and five in their first seven with him. Um, and yet it wouldn't shock a lot of people if they're sitting in the Western Conference Finals in a couple months. So let's get into it. My conversation to hear all about the Clippers perspective with Charles Mockler or Chuck Mockler, as you're going to hear me call him in just a second, of the Clips and Dip podcast. Enjoy. Joining me now here on the Knicks Film School pregame show with the Knicks continuing their West Coast trip. Um, the last time 
his co-host was with us. The Clippers looked very different. In fact, we even discussed the idea of like, who, where do you think Russell Westbrook might end up? <laughs> well, uh, the Knicks will head to Los Angeles for a, a two-game road trip against the Clippers and the Lakers. And joining me to talk about that first game against the Clippers, he is one-third of, hands down, my favorite <laughs> name for a podcast that I found doing these pregame pods of Clips and Dip. He is Chuck Mockler. Chuck, welcome to the Knicks Film School. Thank you so much for having me, Andrew. I'm excited. Um, yeah, you're seeing the new look, still figuring it out with 14 games left Clippers uh, this Saturday. And so I'll just start there. How has it been <laughs> trying to figure it out? And now with 14 games left. Um, I think stressful is the best word to use for this. You know, you bring in a guy like Westbrook. I wasn't a big fan of the Westbrook acquisition just based on... Um, the history of Russell Westbrook recently. Right, right. And he, and to that point, he has been pretty solid for the Clippers. He's done what he's supposed to do, which is pass the ball, hopefully not shoot as many threes. Um, you know, more than one is usually a, a little dicey, but there's still the issue of fitting in a guy who's going to be the starting point guard for 25 to 30 minutes a night with 14 games left. So everyone's kind of in limbo um, who isn't Kawhi, Paul George, or Avica Zubats. And I mean, I think I think it's shown, right? Like they're two and five um, in these last seven games. Like it's it's a big thing to fit in there. Do you think they will figure it out? Because like the way you you phrased it, it's they're figuring it out with fourteen games left. And like you said, like they did start off zero and five with Russ, but won their last two. So, do you think they will? This is something they can figure out with Russ. <sighs> I think it's possible. I think there's some stubbornness on Ty Lue's part that needs to get figured out. I think that's kind of the biggest hurdle right now. And the defense and turnovers are a nightmare, right? Like it's, I mean, I think since December, they've had, you know, the 20th best defense and it keeps going down and turnovers after the all-star break, they're at around 16 or 17 a game. And those are not right. Those are not winning stats. Championship teams don't turn the ball over 17 times a game. Um, if we didn't have Kawhi Leonard, I would have some fear. But Kawhi is the only player that I trust to actually flip a switch. He's been phenomenal over the last 30 games. Um, so I I need to see at least eight like elite process games over the next 14, which I know is asking a lot. <laughs> um, but they have a spaced out schedule. They have time to practice. So, I mean, may, maybe tweet at me in like seven games and we'll <laughs> see where I'm at. But I think they're... There is a possibility it can happen. So two things that are a follow-up to what you just said. First of all, did you intentionally not say Paul George is someone that you trust? Is that or just like he's the second guy and that was it was very clear that it was Kawhi one and Paul George, if Kawhi's not there, you trust. I think I trust Kawhi because he's just done it. He's he's mm -hmm. the guy who's won a championship by flipping a switch. We've seen that happen. Paul George is very good. Uh, he identifies as a number two. So I'd say he's the best number two in the league um, if you're going to go by that. But I, he's been a lot healthier, which has been great. He's mentioned that the last couple games, there's been some just ticky tack health issues that have kind of evened out. Um, and, you know, he did take us to Western Conference Finals. So if we're all healthy, he's as much as he wants to be, you know, the number two or whatever it is, the Clippers still go as far as they will go with Kawhi and Paul George leading the way. And then you mentioned stubbornness with, with Ty Lu, and this is kind of a running theme with these pregame <laughs> yes. pods that um, every, every person I talk to, the fan base has something to complain about with the coach. I just talked to someone who covers the Kings, and that's like the one time where it's like, no, actually, we love our coach. He's yeah. been amazing since he's been here. <laughs> yeah. um, but like I, from, from a Knicks perspective, or at least from a Knicks fan perspective, like dealing with Tibbs and some of his stubbornness, I don't know if it's Stockholm syndrome at this point. I'm just kind of <laughs> like, he's not going to play. I'll be top in more minutes just because like I've moved on from wanting right. that. But so I've learned to look for the things that I do enjoy about him. Um, and like Spolster has some things that he's apparently stubborn about. Nick nurse has some things that he's stubborn about. Doc rivers has some things he's stubborn about. And these <laughs> yes, are looked does. at as the elite coaches in the league. Um, so what are some of the things that uh, Ty Lewis is stubborn about? And is it, enough that it's going to hold them back in the playoffs or is this still the guy that you think can be the head coach of a team that wins a title in LA? 
The biggest issue right now um, is kind of Marcus Morris, right? Um, his defense has really slipped. He's Everyone's blowing by him, which is really difficult. And when you have a guy who's getting blown by and you're still working on these communications with a brand new guy like Russell Westbrook, the start to games can be very difficult. You're getting back cut. The paint is open just because people don't really know how to communicate yet with each other. Um, so that's been an issue. I don't think that's going to change. That being said, I might need to take some of your Stockholm syndrome <laughs> advice and just say, we're here. Like, let's just deal with it. Mook is going to start. and This is how it goes. And then the other big thing all year has been Robert Covington. We signed Robert Covington to an extension and he played fantastic for us last year, but because Ty Lue leans a little more to wanting offensive players as opposed to defensive players, Roko's getting DNPs and things like mm. that. Like when you think of the Clippers and you look at them on paper and you see guys like a lineup of, let's just call it Terrence Mann, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Robert Covington, Nick Batum. That's a pretty damn good sounding lineup for right. a small ball five. We have seen zero minutes all year of Kawhi PG and Robert Covington. Mm. Like it's kind of mind blowing when you look at last year and the things that Rocco theoretically brings to this team. So those are kind of the two biggest things. And then I don't know if this is stubbornness, but we don't know who the closing lineup is. We know that Paul George and Choir are going to be in it. We don't really know who the other three guys are going to be. I think against Denver, um, you know, you'll see Nick Batum in there for sure. His physicality has been good against Jokic, as good as you can be against Jokic, but. We're we're still kind of in let's figure it out as we go mode, which is terrifying. But thankfully, it is Ty Lue doing that and not um, Doc Rivers, who, as Nuggets and Clippers fans will know, really just tried one idea and it didn't work. And then there was no plan B. I was going to say, is there any consistency in their closing lineups? Is I'm guessing it's Paul George, Kawhi are part of it. But is yeah. there a, a third guy that's always out there? Um. <sighs> Ah, so it's really just like <laughs> Not whatever really. three hands are hot. Right. Yeah, okay. Well, because Norm is out right now too, and Ty Lue wants to wait until everyone's fully healthy to fully get that figured out, which I I look, the Clippers are the Clippers. They're not ever going to be fully healthy, I don't think. Mm -hmm. Um, or their version of fully healthy. So, you know, a lot of people want to see Terrence Mann in the closing lineup, but he just doesn't have seemingly the trust yet. Um, you know, from the coaching staff. He was he played 16 straight minutes last game, including um, I think all of the fourth, which was awesome. And the Clippers won. <laughs> and there was a lot of good process. So hopefully that kickstarts something. Ty does like to use 10 games as a sample size, which can be way too long, say, if you have 15 games left to the season. Right. Um, so we'll see if that gets shortened up. But yeah, I mean, time will tell with kind of everything with the Clippers right now, but they're running out of time. Well, um, you're, you're welcoming in a Knicks team that is kind of running on fumes. Um, the, the game that they played last night with the Kings, uh, there, there was so much to like. They fell down early and then lost Jalen Brunson and then yeah. made this valiant comeback in the second half, <laughs> but ran into this version of De'Aaron Fox that's apparently just Dwayne Wade in fourth quarter <laughs> now um, and ended up losing. Um, and it's funny. The Clippers, the, the load management stuff with Kawhi and Paul George, um, I don't know if they're criticized around the league for it or if it's just kind of understood. These are two veteran players in their 30s that have dealt with nagging injuries that are much more focused on the playoffs. So they're not really criticized for it, I don't think. And there's a conversation in Knicks land right now where it's like, I think Randall doesn't Randall doesn't need to play 82 games. He's kind of gassed. Mayo sure. quickly has looked exhausted the last two games. But the problem is like the Knicks kind of need everybody. There's no <laughs> like let let just let one guy cook tonight and we'll be fine. Like they, yeah. they kind of uh, it's it's an all hands on deck type of approach, especially for a game against the Clippers. So I guess I ask your philosophy on this with with load management and like for two guys like Paul George and Kawhi, is it okay? Whereas otherwise it's not? Or do you actually, like, where do you stand on the idea of load management? I think when it comes to Kawhi, it's such a deeper issue than, oh, he's hurt. We should give him some rest. The man takes care of his body very diligently and in ways that can cause rifts with the front office sometimes, as we saw in San Antonio and things like that. So I think with Kawhi, you kind of just got to let him do his thing. Like he, I, I, he's a quiet guy, like in a lot of ways. So I don't really know, you know, the relationship between him and 
the Clippers front office other than they kind of let him do whatever he wants. And rightfully so, right? He's a top five player. He is the, the reason the Clippers will win a championship if they do win a championship at some point. And then for Paul George, you know, he mentioned he's been a little hurt kind of all year. So you you have to rest these guys. Paul George actually said on his podcast recently, you know, that like the load management kind of messes them up a little bit because mm. you don't play your way through these little knocks, you know? You practice and then you play and then you take like a, a game off. So your body completely stops. Then you kind of go back up to ramping up. So it's a little in limbo with that. But I, I think you have to do it. I think resting back to backs, I have no problem with that. I think anyone who has a superstar on their team should be like, yeah, let's rest on the back to back. Who genuinely, who cares usually, unless it's obviously a very marquee matchup. Um, but, you know, at this point, Kawhi's hitting his stride. He hasn't, I think he's only going to sit out back to backs coming up, which is great. Um, and the Clippers have had a pretty unkind schedule the last couple of years with playoffs. Two years ago, they played a game every other day to end the regular season and then to start the playoffs, which is absurd. Mm. <laughs> I don't care. You know, that's just tough. Um, I do respect and appreciate you for saying that you don't think the that PG and Kawhi get flack for load management because I am a member of Clippers Twitter and oh boy, do we have to do that sometimes. Okay. Um, and again, so, so there forget. is pushback to it. Hold on. So there is pushback to, to the load management. Absolutely. Stuff. Yeah. Oh, there's, wow. there's pushback kind of from outsiders because like Kawhi's played a lot of games recently and he's played in them very well. He's back up to kind of inevitability status um, with his play style right now. And I'm like, we have so many guys out, right? Like Norm is out. We can't really load manage either because, you know, we like Marcus Morris needs a break, but I don't think he'll get one. We were even load managing when, you know, Luke Kennard was on the team um, before the season started. Ty Lue talked about load managing everyone. Batum played eight minutes against the Suns a mm. couple like a couple weeks ago. So you, you kind of have these varying degrees of load management, which I think gets a little crazy because like, Ty Lue talked about how he had cue cards with guys' minutes restrictions because he couldn't remember them, <laughs> which shows you how many guys run on minutes restrictions. So, like, I, I think there's a fine line between cautious and having to hold cue cards so you know your rotations at any given time. <laughs> yes, I think that's where I would personally get annoyed <laughs> at it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm still back and forth on it. And, like... Because Brunson, you know, he comes back, he, he gets tweaked, and we all mm-hmm. know Tibbs... Loves to play his guys a lot of minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, like the funny thing, he's he even like shortened the rotation to nine players, which then led to more minutes amongst the guys. The the problem with with that though is like when he did that, they started winning. Like the right. results have then proven to be like, oh, yes, he does play his guys a lot of minutes, but they're they have the second best record in the NBA since he did that. So yeah. it's like, what's the what's the end game if like this is bad scientifically, <laughs> but competitively it's working. Right. You know, yeah. and I, so I'm, I'm back and forth on it. I think where I, where I stand right now is like, if he were to, and I, he'll never do this. So I think it would have to be more of an organizational <laughs> collective decision. Right. If they were to just be like, listen, the five seed is within our reach. Like Brooklyn has a very tough schedule and no Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving anymore. Um, if we can be smart about some of these minute allocations and like give Randall a day, like the Knicks, <laughs> again, this back to back this weekend, I don't think he would sit against the Clippers or to then play against the Lakers, but um, like that would make sense to me. I just, I, I've again, maybe it's a Stockholm syndrome. Like they're not going to do it. They're just not going to do it as a result. Um, but you know, I, I think the Paul George thing where he just, well, like you said, he was, they don't teach people how to play with pain anymore. Stan Van Gundy, who is an old school coach. That's a yes. thing he said earlier in the year that like the reason that we see warload management and it bothers him is because like guys played through pain back yeah. in the day and learned how to deal with that type of adversity. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess we'll see how that eventually lands out with the Clippers, you know, and, and it's again, 35 and 33 in this weird Western conference. 
For over 30 years, the law offices of Weiss and Rosenblum in New York City has been home to a team of award-winning, hard-hitting injury attorneys who have a long track record of seven-figure results. Whether you've been injured in a car accident, fall, construction accident, or other traumatic event, Weiss and Rosenblum will work tirelessly to maximize the award, regardless of the severity of your injury, and get you and your family the fair and just compensation you deserve. Call Weiss and Rosenblum today at 212-366-6100. Again, that's 212-366-6100, or visit weissandrosenblum.com for more information. No case is too big or too small. Personal attention to your matter is a priority. Once more, call 212 212- 366-6100. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. If you think you might have a case, speak with a veteran attorney, not a rookie. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, Knicks fans? Power up for springtime with Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Get nutritious, chef-prepared meals delivered straight to your door, leaving you time and energy to tackle everything on your to-do list. Get Factor and not only skip the trip to the grocery store, but skip the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy. No matter what your lifestyle, Factor has the meals to help you live it to the fullest with keto, calorie-smart, vegan veggie, and protein-plus meals on the menu each week. Prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, each meal has all the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long. With 34 chef-prepared, dietitian-approved weekly options, there's always something new to try. Plus, you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of more than 36 quick bites, smoothies, juices, and more satisfying add-ons. Looking to cut back on takeout? Get Factor instead. Not only is Factor cheaper, but meals are ready quicker than restaurants delivery. Just two minutes. Also, eating vegan or veggie is a snap with Factor. Each meal has all the ingredients you want and nothing you don't. And if you're looking to mix it up, you can add a protein to your vegan and veggie meals each week. Get Factor and enjoy clean eating without the hassle. Simply choose and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. Don't hesitate. Head to factormeals.com slash filmschool50 and use the code filmschool50 to get 50% off your first buy. Again, that's factormeals.com slash filmschool50 to get 50% off your first box. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. I guess the next question I have for you is like, does it matter to you? Like load management uh, as part of the equation, competitively as part of the equation, does it matter to you where they finish in the standings? We cannot be in the damn plan. Okay. Like this, this team. So last year, is there more because of that? Like, well, la- last year was crazy. I mean, Paul George getting COVID before the right. play. It's just like, I mean, that, you know, what are you going to do there? I just, I mean, you don't see play in teams making noise in the playoffs after they come out of the play in. It's just, no one's really figured out how to do it yet. They haven't 
won a series coming out of the play-in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so just, the only counter I have to that, I, uh, yeah. you're right. You're right. But the plan's four years old. So like true, not a lot. Not maybe a lot it just time. has to take one. Like if the Warriors or the Clippers or I have to say it, the Lakers make the play in and then get healthy. And then it's two wins. And then you're facing a Nuggets team that for some reason everybody thinks can be beat. Or <laughs> who knows? Like a Kings team that like I watched them last night. You you know this. You will be able to score on the <laughs> hey, second. We put up 175. Right, 170 in a loss. Exactly. <laughs> so like you will be able to score. On the Kings, um, I don't know. I, I do wonder if we're just waiting for a team to do it, and then that suddenly creates the yep, the play in works. A nine seed just made it to the finals, and it might um, be the Clippers. Like knowing yeah. how this year has gone, it who knows? It might be the Clips, but we're an older team. I don't want to play two extra games, you know, against teams that are hungry, right? Like, I don't think my body or mind is ready for the stress if it's Clippers Lakers in the play in. <laughs> that's like think if after all of that's happened over the last you know five years with the Clippers and the Lakers if we finally get the playoff showdown and it's the play in mm-hmm. it's the seven and eight seed that's going to be stressful um, and you know like the the Mavs are in the play in right now mm-hmm. like we're the it's just so sandwiched up between five and nine I think it's sorry I'm looking at it right now it's two games yep. between the five seed and the ten seed so if we can. I don't think we can get the fourth seed. It's only, you know, we're three games behind, but I, I just don't see it. So if we can stay at five or six, I'm happy um, ish. You know, I think I'll, obviously myself included, I didn't think we'd be in this. Can we avoid the play in conversation? But we just got to avoid the play in. That's all I want. After that, we'll figure it out. And hopefully we don't have to play the Phoenix Suns and then the next round play the Denver Nuggets because that feels a bit like a death sentence. Well, I'd even go a, a step further. First of all, uh, let's start here. Do you, you don't think you can catch the Suns with KD out? I don't think I can, we can catch the Suns with KD out because they're still a very good team who was already ahead of us in the standings. Okay. Um, I know they lost some guys, but I'm I, saying like the, the trade did gut the, the depth on that yeah, team. You know, it, it so. did gut the depth, but we also, we have no idea what the Clippers are right now. I think that's a big part of it too, is mm. we're two and five in the last seven we're still figuring things out. Norm is out. He's going to be reevaluated in a week, which is kind of a lot of games um, in you know this timeline. So it's doable if they hit a skid. And you know who knows what's going to happen with the Grizzlies. Um, maybe mm. you know all hell breaks loose with with their play style. But obviously they've survived without John Morant before. Um, that went okay for them. So I. I you know, we'd have to string together some wins. Like we, we, I think we'd have to go. There's what 14 games left. We'd have to go. I think like 11 and three to catch mm. the Suns. And I have not seen every, any evidence that we can go 11 and three. That was always my thing with the Warriors this year. That like I, even as recently as like a week ago, I was like, you know what? Maybe now I'll finally concede that this is this is a team that could go on a run and. Sure. Like they're getting Steph back. They've they've won they'd won like five in a row at yeah. that point. They were 34 and 30. Then that Laker game on Sunday happened when they got Steph back. And it's like, oh wait, no, this team doesn't know how to win on the road. Just like <laughs> they, for some reason this season, and I'm I'm staring at it right now, seven and twenty-six on the road, which is the almost identical it is the identical uh record on the road as the Detroit Pistons. That's like, crazy. That is nuts. And so I, I feel like the Warriors are still trying to figure out their team too. And there's a bunch of teams like this with Dallas and the Lakers. And I mean, who knows what happens with the Pelicans that I guess because the bottom of the West is so wide open, I'm, I'm curious to see where the Clippers end up. Um, and I guess the other question here is like, how catastrophic is this season as a whole? Oh. If... <laughs> If it is like, so you painted a 7-8 scenario where they lose in the play into the Lakers. I'll paint a 9-10 scenario. (laughs) Don't, don't. Why? I'm trying to paint, I'm I'm trying to figure out what the, what the thinking is. If they, like how, like what's the off-season questions if they lose in the play-in? Off-season questions if they lose in the play-in. Number one is, should Tyloo be the coach of this team? Okay. There were some things done earlier in the season with, you know, I had to watch Moses Brown play a lot of basketball this year. 
New New York Nick Moses yes, Brown. Yes, New New signed. York Nick. Your guys are going to love him. He's really good at standing under the basket and running in a straight line. He does okay. those two things very well. I guarantee um, Tibbs won't play him one minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like, you know, there was some personnel issues. Like, we ran three-guard lineups for a lot of the time with John Wall that were horrendous and did not work. They didn't help anybody. Um, so I think it's, is Ty Lue the coach to take this Clippers team? Also, mind you, into the Intuit Dome and after mm. next season, which I think is very much on Balmer's mind. You can't have, you know, Jason Preston and Musa Diabate on the marquee going into the Intuit Dome. <laughs> you can't do that. So I think Ty Lue is a big question. I also think front office is maybe a question. There's been battles between the front office and Ty Lue this year over personnel and things like that. And then... A smaller question, maybe kind of, you know, in the appendix of questions the Clippers will have is, does Paul George and Kawhi Leonard work together? Can this actually work with these two guys? And I think if I had to guess, they would, you know, probably keep Kawhi between those two. I would I would want to keep Kawhi out of those two. But I think those are the three questions and they're huge questions. And I think the Ty Lue one might be addressed first by the by the front office. How does the fan base feel about both situations? Both Lou. Oh, okay. The can of worms. I think I just opened up. How's, let's start with Ty Lou. How does the fan base feel about him? People are a little upset with, with Ty Lou so far this year. Um, the Marcus Morris thing, the three guard lineup thing, openly campaigning for Russ in a way where, you know, there, there's some issue with like, why did this team think they needed Russ, right? They were 10 and four before they got Russ. They were turning the ball over the fewest times in the NBA. They were scoring well, things like this. Um, it's rotations. It's stubbornness. I mean, like if Ty Lue doesn't, you know, get us to a Western Conference finals this year, the fire Ty Lue crowd is going to be even louder than mm. it is right now. And then Paul George. Paul George is kind of an enigma right now. Like, like there's games a couple games ago. He goes off for for 40 and, and it looks phenomenal. He's driving to the rim. He's assertive. He's not foul hunting, but he's getting foul calls and things like that. And then you have games where he takes 12 shots. And you can you you cannot tell me that there's any game where Paul George should only be taking 12 shots. He's too talented to be doing some of the things that he's doing. And people are frustrated by that. He does obviously have some clout from the Western Conference Finals run, as he should. He was heroic during that run. Um, and then, you know, in the middle of a losing streak, he decides to promote his podcast that he's releasing, which no one really wanted to hear about because things weren't going well. So I think, you know, Kawhi, people are like people rightfully so. He's the number one loved clipper right now. He's putting the team on his back. I think Paul George, hopefully with more comfortability with having another one of his good friends and old teammates on the team, you know, starts to pick it up a little bit, but he's got a little bit to prove right now to some, some Clippers fans for this season specifically. Interesting. Kawhi needing to, to prove something. Yeah. Sorry. Mostly Paul George. Kawhi. It's like, Kawhi. It's like, keep being tremendous on both. Well, we'll figure it out. Um, Well, so no, just like to your point, the guy that did get them to a conference finals was Paul George. So I'm, I would want, I, maybe I'm coming from New York where like Derek Jeter got booed. Like Aaron Judge got booed last (laughs) season, you know, in the playoffs after he hit a hundred home runs during the regular season, you know? So like everybody can get it. And well, Clippers uh, fans, you know, the fan base for, I was just talking about this um, with my barber yesterday, Clippers fans. Like we don't have like, what are we going to point to? Mm-hmm. So for like when you're booing someone, you're comparing them to what you've had at some point, right? Like that boo is because we had this upper <laughs> echelon of success and things like that. We do not have that. <laughs> I, I want that to be like a motto now for every New Yorker to have to hear because I don't think we follow that. We, we, we don't boo because of something we've had at some point. Although maybe if I were to fully psychoanalyze this because yeah. like Knicks fans are this crossbreed of like Yankee Met, Jet Giant, like everybody's a Knicks fan. It's like the Dodgers. Right. 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 So as a result, like because of that, um, a Knicks fan has experienced the championships of the Yankees and the Giants, but there's also the Knicks fan that has experienced the heartbreak of the the Jets (laughs) and the Mets and the disappointment. Right. So like 
there's the expectation, but the frustration. So when I'm booing, I'm just mad, you know, (laughs) for some reason, I'm just mad, you know? And, and look to Julius Randall's credit, like he dealt with that last season where you get that first pandemic shortened season. um, I guess post pandemic shortened season where there was empty gyms and the Knicks were the four seed and he was phenomenal and made all NBA. And then last year, like he took a step back and was, was playing a lot worse and had to deal with, angry New Yorkers for the first time. <laughs> and this season it's been the exact opposite. And he's been a revelation and an all-star again. Um, and that kind of leads to my, my, my last question. I like to ask my, my guests when, uh, you know, they show up to, to play the Knicks, um, <laughs> just your view of the Knicks and what they've been doing this season, your perspective of some of their guys, whether it be Julius Randall or Jalen Brunson or RJ Barrett, or I, most recently, the the showcase of Emmanuel quickly. Um, how do you view the Knicks and what they've done this season? Man, hats off on the Brunson acquisition. I do not know how the Mavs do not keep Jalen Brunson next mm-hmm. to Luka Doncic. I'm sure they lowballed him. And I mean, Brunson's an East Coast guy, right? He's a Nova guy. Like mm-hmm. he, I think he really wanted to be over there. So they've played him well. Julius Randle is a guy who... I, he's good at basketball, but I think, you know, Twitter and things like that over and underrate him at the same time, if that makes sense. Um, I think sometimes it's like he's a big guy. He can sh- shoot ish. Like when he does what he's supposed to do, he's great. Um, I'm a little worried about this, this game coming up. Like yeah. I, I, I don't know what to expect from the Clippers. Whereas we're playing a team who's what? 10 and one. In your last eleven or something well, like that, nine and two. Now they won nine straight nine and, and they lost the last yeah, two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. So. so you've you've lost the last two, but I mean, I I generally don't know what's going to happen. You guys have a great offensive rating, which is surprising, you know, for a team coached by Tibbs. You don't mm-hmm. expect that, so that gives me a little pause, right? You have an offensive team coached by Tibbs, which you know, six years ago would be a championship team. That's the thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now. So let me, let me, let me say this because so the Knicks don't have an efficient offense. Like they're not a great three point shooting team, but I have no idea how to fix it, but they're not a great free throw <laughs> shooting team either. Um, I've, I've heard every reason for why. And it, you, for some reason it's Tibbs fault that they don't shoot free throws. Well, but I just think the two guys that are shooting a ton of free throws are RJ Barrett and Julius Randall. And they're not great free throw shooters. They're like 75% right. free throw shooters. So the volume of their free throws are just going to frustrate you more often. Um, the Knicks are great at offensive rebounding. In fact, elite at offensive rebound. They got 22 last night against oh, wow. the Sacramento Kings. Um, and it's what got them back in the game. So if you're a team that's good at defensive rebounding, which I'm looking at the clips now, they're top 10 in rebound percentage and you go to rebound. Oh, they're fourth in defensive rebound percentage. So Have that you, might actually that all work. year though, or is that over the last seven games? Oh no, that's that's all year. So let <laughs> yeah, me, let me go so to the over last, the last <laughs> over the last seven games. They're grabbing thirty four defensive rebounds. Okay, which is you know that would be you know you guys are six with thirty four. So like that's pretty solid, but. It, we'll we'll see. Like <laughs> the point is, see. like the Knicks are a lot like Memphis last year in that the possession battle that they're they're trying to win. It's less about like being efficient on your first shot. It's like we're gonna get so many attempts on this possession that we're gonna get points out of it, and that's what's led to their um, offensive re- rating being so high this year. And look, and that's how you'll beat the Clippers. Like that well, is so, how. If you that guys may win, be the recipe, then you that's know? the recipe right there. You know, like we give up offensive rebounds a lot. You know, if if it's a it's a one p.m. game, which people always talk about is so weird for the Clippers and stuff, but they've been okay in these afternoon games. But dude, second chance opportunities, nightmarish for the Clippers all season. Not just in the last seven games. It's not a rust issue or anything like that. It's just been difficult to stop teams from getting offensive boards um, against the Clippers. Which I'm surprised with Russ there that that's that that's like that. Yeah, they're bottom eleven in offensive rebounds since he's gotten there. I, I sorted the the last seven games. Thanks for the, <laughs> yeah. the tip there. Um, yeah, I think the I think that the fact that the Clippers are from what I've can what I've seen in their offense. And you tell me if I'm wrong. The my turn, your turn down the stretch has that. Yep that been frustrating with I assume in Clipperland with like it's either Paul George or Kawhi. Is yeah, that- and it's. And it's either Paul George or Kawhi, but not in any kind of 
you know, mobile mm-hmm. whirlwind of movement around. Yeah, them. it's, it's isolation. Just, yeah, yeah. Let's just kind of go for it. Like you, you know, they are very good. Sometimes you need Kawhi to just go get a bucket. You need Paul George to just go get a bucket. But with five minutes to go, if that's your entire offense with no movement, it, it, it's really easy to defend. You just kind of hope that the Clippers miss. Which when they run out of gas, they miss late in games. So. The offense for the Clippers takes a really long time to develop, which means that if the first option isn't there, you're going to see a contested mid-range jumper. You're going to see, you know, Marcus Morris taking a shot that you would rather see Paul George or Kawhi take. So it is a bit my turn, your turn. And they they haven't quite gotten off this strategy of Kawhi and PG just go beat everybody in the final minutes, which has been troublesome. Well, if it comes down to those final minutes and Jalen Brunson isn't playing, I guess we'll see. Um, yes. <laughs> if Brunson plays, I, I just as a Knicks fan, I'm a little more confident. But um, do you think he plays or like I didn't see the ankle roll? Was it was it bad? So the tough part about it is that it's not what happened last night that concerns me. He heard it Friday, last Friday against right. Miami, okay. and then went to the locker room. It was mid third quarter that he got hurt. Went to the locker room and everybody in New York held their collective breath. Of course. Then he yeah. came out for the fourth quarter, played the final 10 minutes. This is the game Julius <laughs> Randle hit that crazy, basically yeah. buzzer beater against the Heat. And it's one of the more emotional wins Knicks have had. We were watching it on playback. And I said in the moment, like, you know what? I bet Brunson doesn't play Sunday against the, the Celtics. And then they probably rest him against the Hornets, too, because once... Once he gets a night's rest and the adrenaline and the swelling starts, the adrenaline wears call. off and the swelling starts. Yeah. Like, and it's the That's, Hornets. Like, just, right, it's the Hornets. It's <laughs> well, here's the thing. They win against the Celtics in double overtime without Jalen Brunson. And then they lose to the Hornets because they just <laughs> dra- let it all out against the 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 clip against the, the Celtics. So he comes back after five days off against the uh Kings last night. It looked like he just re-aggravated the same injury. So I wonder if because this team does have playoff aspirations. I'd be shocked, honestly, if he plays in this game at this point. That they're just that's kind of like, what I was thinking. Like the back to back in LA, he'll sit. He might play against Portland, and then they have three days off after that. The oh, first wow. time they haven't had back to back days off since the All Star break. So sounds like the Clippers. Yeah, they're basically like aiming for Wednesday next week, and then they can like okay, everybody, whatever you're nicked up with, don't just like <laughs> go sit in ice for three days, and then yeah. we'll see you against Jokic <laughs> on Saturday. Um, so that I, I'd be shocked if you're facing Jalen Brunson, but okay. you know, Emmanuel quickly has shown, and that I think is where my last question has to go because you had your team has a, has a six man of the year candidate and sure. Emmanuel quickly has become the Vegas front runner. That was, after, that was after Sunday when he single-handedly kind of beat the Celtics in double overtime. Um, who do you think is the six man of the year right now with Norm Powell, obviously being on the, on the and you could you could not say quickly. This is free speech. Say what you want. Um, but where do you stand on the six man of the year vote? Man, I will say I'm so bummed Norm got hurt because I it's I think it's it's cool. It hasn't really translated to any postseason success at all that the Clippers have had a bunch of six men of the year. But I think it's kind of a fun thing. Um, mm-hmm. It might be quickly like this. This is the time you know six man of the year is essentially who scores the most off the bench. But if quickly can do that while pushing the team in the biggest market to a better playoff seed. And he's putting up 20, like take the six man of the year award, man. It's useful. Mm-hmm. It's helpful. Like he defends a little bit better than some other six men, not tremendously, obviously, but like, I I think quickly, actually, actually argue he might defend better than any other six man. That's in, fair. Like across the and board, that, you know, that would maybe push him up there. He's, he's a better defender than norm. Um, I, I think it might be quickly if he can keep this up, which I'm terrified of him against the Clippers. I'm trying to find his stats against the Clippers, but I feel like he, he kind of kills us. Um, so yeah, I, I think it might be quickly. Right, he, he averages 11, four and two. He had 11 against us last game, but that was, you what know, are the was, minutes? Because that's the thing. It that was took, 27 minutes. That's a 27 minutes. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. So maybe he that's only shot the, 25% that's though. Oh. So that's the thing early in the season quickly. Just, I mean, he's actually in one of his shooting slumps. Now he was going through like a week's long shooting slump. And the last time I played the Clippers, I don't think that was one of them, but it has taken a while for Tibbs to kind of trust him because he's, he's a he's smaller younger. guard. He's yeah. younger. Um, but 
there, there's a, and this, God bless him. There's an RJ Barrett <laughs> thing going on in New York right now where. Yeah. What's that, up with that? The guy that just got the extension, um, the guy that they took third overall um, has just taken a step back in every way. His shooting efficiency is down. His defense, I, it's like not wrong to say it's fallen off a cliff. Um, he's been relegated to be the third guy on this team. And right. honestly, quickly has been a better third guy. Mitch, not offensively because it's really just offensive rebounding duty, but Mitch impactfully has been more of a, has been a better third guy. Yeah. Um, the Josh Hart thing, which was like a joke, a running joke that like, oh, they're just never going to lose again. They're on an 82 win pace with Josh yeah. Hart. <laughs> but when you look at the lineup data, Josh Hart is plus 20.4 for 100 possessions with the Knicks in 314 minutes. He's in the 99th percentile in in uh, in on off <laughs> differential. Like it's it's kind of nuts how good they are with him. But the running theme for the season was that when Emmanuel quickly comes into the game, they play better. And it shows in that lineup data in 1800 minutes this year, they're plus eight. And as someone who wow. hasn't missed one of those minutes, it's very clear when quickly comes into the game, how much everybody else is better. So that I think is going to be the case is that you really have to look deeper into the numbers and it's not just the who scores the most Fair. award, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? So I wonder, I wonder I if they're going to be able to do that. that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Especially since for, Three quarters of the season, Russ was the front runner for sixth man of the year in the Lakers, and they traded him for, you know, D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. So, um, I guess we'll see where that eventually leads. Um, last question. Uh, this game tomorrow night, you, you said you're not feeling confident if Brunson does play, but um, how much of a must win is it? I, I think this is that's kind of a stupid question. It's obviously every like, game. Every game. The Clippers must need to win every <laughs> single game, and they need to look good doing it. It's not mm-hmm. like. We beat the Raptors. Great. It was pretty ugly for, you know, from mm-hmm. process wise. Like they need to not just win, they need to show that they're a championship team. The Clippers have had glimpses of a championship team. We haven't even had a full 48 minutes of being a championship level team. Um, I don't know if that can happen against Tibbs. Uh, and the defense, he's just, you know, he's a stubborn coach. <laughs> like mm-hmm. things either go well or things don't. But, they got to win. They got to put it together. Um, no norm is big. No Brunson, though, I think is a lot bigger um, for the Knicks. And we'll see what happens. Hopefully Terrence Mann gets more playing time. Hopefully maybe Morris will go off on his old team. But that would, again, reinforce some bad habits, mm-hmm. which are more Morris minutes. So they they got to look good doing it. I'm so stressed over these next 14 games. It like It, um, it has such small margins to go well. The this, this is where we share then yeah. because I also will be very stressed over these next 14 games. Uh, Chuck, you've been great with your time. Thank you so much for joining me. Before you go, tell everybody where they can find you and the Clips and Dip podcast. Yeah, appreciate you for having me. Trying to get this you know, New York LA connection uh, back going strong. Um, yeah, you mm. can find me at Twitter at Charles Mockler. Uh, Clips and Dip is on iTunes, Spotify, Deezer, all those places. You can find the podcast on Twitter at Clippers Pod. I thankfully locked that account name up like six years ago and finally got to use it. So that's good. Um, but yeah, let's say hey, if you're a Clippers fan listening to this, we're all in this together. And just don't drink too much coffee over the next 14 games and we'll all be okay. <laughs> and if you're a Knicks fan listening to this, it's not just us that complains <laughs> about the head coach. There you go. Uh, Chuck, thanks for joining me. Yep, absolutely. Thanks for having me. One more time, a big thank you to Chuck for coming on today's show and helping me preview this matchup against the Los Angeles Clippers. And shout out to the Clips and Dip podcast, to Adam, who came on a couple weeks ago, and obviously to Chuck. Um, Please, five stars. Give them a review. Uh, The link is hyperlinked in this description. Let's give them that KFS bump. Even if you're just a Mets fan or a Jets fan and you want to tell them that you feel the pain of being the number two team in their city, uh, go ahead. Tell them just we, we salute you. And just because you are the younger brother, the little brother, the second team doesn't mean you can't achieve greatness. I'm hoping that that one day actually applies to the Knicks and the Jets and the Mets in my lifetime. But we'll see. Um, but seriously, thank you to the Clips and Dip guys for uh, coming on the, the couple times. It's good to make friends in this industry. And I've certainly done that here. As far as I'm concerned, 
head on over to iTunes, drop a five-star rating review on this show as well. Uh, really appreciate it. We're up to 550 reviews on iTunes. Let's get the road to 600 going. All right. Let's let's get them, get, get them up. Let's keep us up in the top 50. Because the Knicks are losing now, we've fallen out of the top 10, which was expected. But um, guys, I just I love the support that you continue to give us, and it's obviously appreciated. And I look forward to seeing so many of you that are in the New York area. And can come to our watch party. We will be at Pen Six in Midtown. It's actually let me pull up the I'm live podcasting. Let me pull up the uh, address of Pen Six while we're on the fly. It's one thirty two West Thirty First Street in Midtown. It is walking distance from Madison Square Garden. You walk out of this restaurant, you could see the back half of MSG and parts of uh, Minahan Hall. The train station on the other side of uh, of MSG. Uh, we'll be there from about 3.30 until after the game. If it's a win, then we'll be rejoicing in this upset victory. If it's a loss, we will commiserate together at a three-game losing streak. Regardless, we will all be there. We're looking forward to seeing as many of you as possible. We're also, we have a raffle going on at halftime. We'll be giving away some prizes. I believe we're incentivizing you to uh, like post what what that you're there, um, where you get more tickets if you post that you're there. Um, you may get an extra ticket for a five star rating. So all you gotta do is just show me that you've given a five star rating on iTunes or I guess a high rating on Spotify. Um, but show up, join us, and for those of you that can't join us, um, tune into the post game where win or lose. XJ and DJ will be hosting the KFS post-game show, a recap of the Knicks Clippers game. Um, so tune in for that after the game. Shout out to them for hosting. And as far as I'm concerned, I'll be back on Sunday morning previewing the Lakers game. I'm actually leaving uh, the, the watch party, not early, but like there is a set time I have to leave to come home and like interview and do that conversation and i look forward to it hopefully doing it after a knicks victory and until then thank you for listening to this episode enjoy the game today and i will speak with you soon peace Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.